No. It was just to make the fire alarm go off. Yeah. So, or the sprinklers. So. Hide in the sound of the water. Yeah. Which brings up the question. Why are people, this family in particular, not living right beside that waterfall that we see in the first yeah. movie? Mm-hmm. Said you're yeah. out in a quiet field where you step on an ant and it's going to make a noise. Yeah. This is the device. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Kenneth Jackson. I am here joined by my good friend, Trey Riley. Hello, Trey. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And guess what? You've stumbled across the best podcast on the internet. That's right. I'm stating it here. Anybody else that wants to dispute that, don't send us any emails. Don't listen to the end of the <laughs> podcast. Please do not contact us because I will be quaking in my boots about the repercussions of me saying such a bold term. But with that being said, today we are reviewing a film that is much easier for me to talk about than the most recent film we've reviewed on this podcast. And this film comes very highly anticipated after the first and also highly anticipated because it was supposed to be the number one film back in the theaters, blockbustering it up since COVID is starting to... (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's my brain right now. But highly anticipated film, A Quiet Place Part 2. A lot of people were looking forward to this film before COVID hit and took its evil grasp on the world, but we are back in the theaters with it. Yes. And this is one of the most recent films that I've seen in theaters. By most recent, Trey, would you believe it? I watched this film yesterday. I would believe it. Wow. And from your response, it sounds like you have a lot of fun stuff to say about it. A lot of hot takes, honestly. I got some things I want to say about this film, but I know you do as well. So, yes. without further ado, let's get it. Hot take number one. It's hard to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. But when you aren't trying to make a sequel and you're just trying to make a movie. Yes. Perhaps it happens to come after the first one. Mm-hmm. It can be good. Mm-hmm. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we have here. A Quiet Place Part 2, in my opinion, does not disappoint. It is worth the wait that we had to have between March 2020 and now. Yes. The runtime is only seven minutes more than the original, and it is not an hour too long. Oh, no. Like Army of the Dead. It is the right amount of time. Perhaps you even wanted a little bit more. Yeah. And maybe that's because there might be a part three. Mm. But we can get to that later. John Krasinski returns directing his wife, Emily Blunt, and Millicent Simmons. Mm -hmm. Just a great ensemble, small cast here. Mm -hmm. Continuing this story in this world that 
has been overrun by this alien population. We don't yeah. know a lot about it, but mm-hmm. we learn more. And yeah, I have a lot of generally positive things to say. Yeah. I would say I have a lot of really good things to say about this film as well. First off, I want to say that for the first 30 to 40 minutes of this film was just me trying to remember Noah Jupe's name. <laughs> Because I was like, I swear to God, I know his name. And I knew it at one point. His name in real life or in the movie? Trying to remember his real name, Noah Jupe. Mm, gotcha. I'm over here like, Jupe, no, no, uh, no, no, that's not it. Um, Noah, I know it's Noah. Um, Noah, and then like it was just that on repeat for the first 30 minutes of this film. But also, another hot take I have from this, if you ever need to learn how to cry, please watch Emily Blunt's performance in this film. Yes. Because there's very few scenes where she's not tearing up, or at least on the verge of tears. <laughs> it's very emotional for her. It's very emotional. And honestly, I cannot blame it, because directing-wise, I could not imagine being in her position in this film. But uh, I did happen to take note of that. Every single time I saw her, she, was, she had tears like ready to roll. Yes. But this film, after the first one, highly highly need to take notes any directors that are looking to do sequels for this their films because this film it's a continuation of the previous film and it adds another layer more layers that are very important to the world it's world building Mm -hmm. really well done because it gives you more context as to the time before the aliens arrived as well as afterwards, after John in the first film. If you haven't seen the first film, rest in peace, John Krasinski. Insert <laughs> <laughs> spoiler warning right there. Yep, that's going to be our spoiler warning. Uh, but yeah, this film does a really good job. And I don't think it spoon fed way too much to the viewer. It really lets you do a lot of your own connecting of the dots on your corkboard in your mind. So yeah. I think it I think it's a really good second installment in A Quiet Place Part 2 the ending. Really honestly, you mentioned it's not an hour too long and possibly even wanting more. The way it ended I think that's how a lot of films should end. Yeah. Like the way it did. I'm not saying, you know, the very ending images and other such that it was, which those were pretty powerful considering the story as a whole, but just it's it's getting out before you overstay your welcome. Yeah. And it's not a cliffhanger per se or anything like that where people, you know, think that's kind of gimmicky, I guess. Yeah. It's just like, oh, is that it? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to see more. Yeah. It's a great feeling to have when you leave a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And might I add, if you can, see this in Dolby Cinema or IMAX yeah or this some form of that at least in the theaters mm-hmm. don't wait for this to come out on your phone because yeah. it's a disservice to the movie yeah well with that being said the very beginning of this film you go watch it in the theaters you're greeted by the lovely fl- lovely face lovely face of john krasinski <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> You're greeted by him saying, thank you so much for coming to watch this film in the theaters. You understand what it means to watch a film with a bunch of people on the big screen in one space and the power that it has and that reaction that it has to just enjoy it with a bunch of people. And 
I, I could not agree more. I think it was fantastic. Segue into the film got me really in the mood for Quiet Place Part 2. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think about what captivated me about the first one. And primarily it was how it was a story about family mm-hmm. that was wrapped in a sci-fi covering. Yeah. And set in a dystopian world. Post-apocalyptic, yeah. And they didn't try to elevate that. They didn't try and make it bigger. Mm-hmm. It shows a little bit more of the world, but it's still that same compact story. It still focuses very much on family and having to make decisions for survival and mm-hmm. tough decisions for keeping your children alive and kind of that whole dynamic. And we really see Millicent's character step up in a cool way and kind of carry the story. Yeah. And John Grzynski talks about this in interviews, but it was important for him to have her journey be ultimately what we're following. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is kind of supporting that. Yeah. So I liked how it shifted from, I'd say, focusing on Lee, John Krasinski's character in the first one, mm-hmm. to her and continuing what they started together yeah yeah i think that the continuation of this film the beginning i liked how it gave more context as to how the aliens came to be what it was like before it arrived Mm -hmm. and it also introduced killian murphy's character and i would say the intro to this film Probably a hot take. I pro- I did not enjoy it as much. For me, it was just extremely, you know, perfect suburban life. You know, you you go to the store, you grab 10 oranges and an apple, and you don't even pay for it because you know the guy at the cash register, and <laughs> you walk out, uh, you go to the baseball game, and you cheer on your son, and all this sort of stuff, and then you just see a fireball in the sky, and you guys all just start running for your lives, you know, normal stuff, but... Normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Casual suburban weekend. <laughs> but it, it just seemed very... I don't. I don't know. It just, to me... It was going for this type of aesthetic and this feeling that I just was like, man, if you were to look at this from the outside looking in, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be very, very dollhousey in a sense, but that's just me. And it gives off the vibe of a, you know, quaint little town that goes to the baseball field and watches games and stuff like that, which I mean, it appeals. But to me, I just was like, uh, not not for me. Yeah. Uh, But then also it introduces that concept of Killian Murphy's character, you know, not really knowing sign language and asking Millicent's character, Reagan, about, you know, how, what does, what's the term for dive, you know, which comes into play later. I saw it happening. I saw it happening. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to need to remember that dive is this because I'm like, it's going to come up at some point in the future. Yeah. And I'm going to need to remember all these other things because it'll come up in the future. So I just caught myself making note of a lot of things. Yeah. And especially seeing the nail in the stairs at the beginning. I was like, are you kidding me? You guys really did not bend that? (laughs) Well, I think to that point, it after the opening sequence, jumps immediately to right after the first one. 
So there's mm-hmm. really no passing of time. Right. But it is humorous that and now like almost the same exact shot as the first one, like yes. no way you're gonna step on this again. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I knew it was coming. I was like, yeah. there's the nail. There's the I will nail. say I felt like the beginning has a lot of run of the mill type of things. So yeah. I don't disagree there. But what I do think was interesting and cool, and maybe this is a budget thing. I'm glad the meteor did not come and land in the city. Yes. Like, we've seen that too many times, like, destroy the city. Mm-hmm. Chaos ensues. Like, yes, chaos does ensue momentarily after that, but it's mm-hmm. all a little different. Like, they're moving yeah. semi-calmly and not, like, it's a bomb and everyone runs around and yeah. starts punching each other and falling on the ground. Like, everyone's yeah. like, Ew, what's going on? And then... Mm-hmm. You know, finally people start getting plucked off. Yeah. So there's like some things that are different and cool. And then there's other elements that are like, oh, yeah, we've we've kind of seen this before. Yeah. Before we continue with the movie review, here's what's going on in the news this week. It was announced that Albert Hughes will be directing the series of John Wick, The Continental. This will also have Keanu Reeves producing as well as having Chad Stahelski, Derek Kolstad, and Chris Collins writing, with Chris Collins being the showrunner. The show is currently still in treatment, but I am looking extremely forward to the expansion of the John Wick universe, and I know every one of our listeners is as well. Also in the news, No Time to Die has moved from pre-production to completed. This film is set to be released on October 8th and is one of the most highly anticipated films of the year. So make sure that when you go out to watch it, you let us know what you think. With that being said, let's get back to the Quiet Place 2 review. I I, I just got to mention it, man. I want to know what these monsters, these aliens, I want to know what they do on their time off. (laughs) I want to know what they're doing when they're not like freaking out about noises. Yes. I want to know. Cuz I mean, what do what what is their existence? Why why are they there? What what, what do they, they do when they're not freaking out about noises? Yeah. You know, that that raised my mind because you know, if anything, they're just sitting there walking around stalking the streets looking for any sign of noise and I'm like, what do you what's up with these things? I don't know, it's more yeah. of a scientific question. Any of you sci-fi uh, beautiful people, please write to us and let us know what you think they do in their time off. Yeah, and we do see that asteroid, but that, at least to me, isn't fully conclusive that they came from that. Yeah. Maybe that was supposed to be, oh, they're from space, aliens, whatever. Yeah. But I just really want to know more about, like you're saying, how they operate, what their yeah. goals are. Because... To this point, all we know is that they track sounds and then eat whatever makes a sound, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know if anyone knows or has any additional insight to what, how, where these things operate. Let's, Let's hear it. Yeah. I would say this film, above a lot of others, sound is very key. Yes. You know, on that same note is sound is very key and so it makes you afraid of any noise 
makes you afraid of anything. And so therefore, as you're walking, watching them walk through the woods or between things, like when they're squeezing through the gate, you're like, oh God, mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Some clothes are going to get torn and it's going to alert the alien. So you're constantly on the edge of when is the next big noise coming? And usually with the big noise comes a crescendo of screaming and running and getting out of there and a heightened sense of adrenaline based mm-hmm. off of where's the alien, where is he, when is he coming, that sort of stuff. So Yeah. I like how, and this happened in the first one as well, they would jump into Reagan, Millicent's uh-huh. character's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it happens a few times, but the one that stands out the most is when she first goes off on her own and she's in the train. Yeah. And she's just kind of walking around. We're like in her head, so we're hearing everything really muffled and kind of barely audible. Mm-hmm. Then she opens that door and that body falls over or a skeleton yeah. and... Like that's startling to everyone because it's still really quiet because we're in her head. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even hear a lot of the ambient noise. And then just try, like thinking about how completely terrifying that would be to exist in a world where sound can kill you and you can't yeah. hear. Yeah. Like how do you know exactly what made a sound? Yeah, because you could have made a sound and you didn't know. Right. So they really did a good job with showing us what sounds matter and making us think, even in the silence, just having a bit of fear. Mm-hmm. And maybe nothing even happens. Maybe just stay yeah. silent. But you're like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Like, what's up? What's up? Yeah. What? Did, oh, that's a stick. She stepped on it. Mm-hmm. Something's going to get her. Yeah. And... I haven't seen a movie other than the first one that tries to be this ambitious with relying on sound to kind of elevate the story. Mm -hmm. It's a film where you're constantly on edge because you're like, you're waiting for that next noise. I feel you're like, where's it going to come from? How is it going to happen? And the way it happens is not forced. I would say it's usually not forced the way that the noises are made or these jump scares or such are made. And I I was never unhappy with the jump scares that they had. Right. Because they were, I mean, it was actually, it added something to the story. It was not just out of pure, like, <laughs> making you scared. But, yeah, Millicent's character being deaf really adds a lot of uh, dynamics to this script, which is really good script writing by John, Scott, Brian, all those beautiful people. Yeah. So the score as well by Marco Beltrami. Really well done. I feel like we actually get some music here. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we had any at all in the first one, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank, but... Yeah. It was surprising and pleasant to actually hear some music. It, it definitely added more, whether it be to the intensity of a scene or to just the overall ambiance of the scenes. Right. It really 
added a lot more and I noticed it too. Yeah. I really only have one gripe and it's actually, ironically enough, Noah Droop's character. Ah, really? I just feel like he needs to be a little bit less of a crybaby. Yeah. Because everyone's pulling their own weight. He's got to kind of step up, be a little bit older than his age. Mm-hmm. His freaking deaf sister is going out into the world to save it. Yeah. And he's sitting there pouting and like mm-hmm. trying to stop her. And like, I get it. Yeah. But they've lived in this world for over a year at the, this point. And mm-hmm. like, try and fix it. Try and. Do something. do something like you guys are just yeah. gonna die if you try and just stay yeah. put and stay like complacent yeah i don't know like he's a young kid i get it but it's like eh, that's kind of a little bit weak and it the part that this is so when they're in the furnace down in the little hideout where Killian has been living mm-hmm. and you get in there to talk to each other and you got to keep the little rag there to keep the door from closing all the way and he gets yeah. stuck in there. Mm-hmm. Dude, I thought for sure he was about to just take the rest of the oxygen from the baby. <laughs> and I was going to like get up and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this terrible, terrible person. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to let your baby brother die there while you mm-hmm. just suck up the rest of the oxygen. Yeah. But he did not. So he mm-hmm. redeemed some points there. And they were, yeah. they were sharing it. Yeah, I when I saw that and they got locked in, I just had that bodily mo- movement of, oh, my God. Yep. Uh, I was like, come on. And uh, then Emily Blunt's character comes back and uh, has a pretty cool scene where it doesn't go initially as you thought it would. You know, her intentions were not as straightforward as I thought. I thought she was trying to blow the thing up with the canister of oxygen. No, it was just to make the fire alarm go off. Yeah. So, or the sprinklers. So, hide in the sound of the water. Yeah. Which brings up the question why are people, this family in particular, not living right beside that waterfall that we see in the first yeah. movie? Mm hmm. Said you're yeah. out in a quiet field where you step on an ant. And it's going to make a noise. Yeah. Just uh, some food for thought there. No, I was thinking of the same thing too. I was like, man, there's, there's so many ways that noise could be generated so that they could get disoriented, you know? Yeah. But that's just like Trey said, food for thought. Yeah. Why don't they just live near a theme park and have the music (laughs) blaring 24 seven, you know? Yeah. You might lose your mind because you're listening to, uh, the wheels on the bus go round and round like for like the thousandth time. But I mean, <laughs> Might be would you worth prefer it. to just live in silence? I don't know. Yeah. But I was, you know, that also was the thought I had while I was watching this film was, man, you live in this alien's world. This is its world. You just live in it right now. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not, you can't live free because you make one noise. You're done for. Yeah. But one other thing, uh, and I'm not, you know what? I'll save this for me and Trey's conversation afterwards because it's some, it's a thought I had during the film, but I think it's too, too hot of a take 
to say on the podcast. I'm sorry, I can't. It's too hot of a take. Dang, missing out. I'm. It has to do with uh, the death of the police officer at the beginning, mm. and then the man at the end that helps them on the island. So interesting. Yeah, but this, I I would say, a quiet place part two. It really. It really was a great experience to get back into the theaters. Yeah. You know, I I think it was a really good uh, film that I saw for the first time since seeing Tenet all the way back in, man, July or August, September for me. Yeah. In theaters. And I was really happy to get back and watch this. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think we have to talk about the other people that are mm-hmm. encountered because that's a new element. Mm-hmm. We kind of hear about, or there's whispers in the first one, or there's no one else. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah. people, and in this movie in particular, Killian's character is really hesitant to leave because maybe he knows about these people. And yeah. they've kind of de-evolved into Savages. cannibalism or some form of yeah. that. And it's not fully that because like they're a group and they're not eating each other. Mm-hmm. But as they travel, Killian and Millicent's character, they encounter them at the coast. And that's a really cool scene for a lot of reasons. Primarily, they are at the coast. They, they have a mission. They know what they're trying to do now. But mm-hmm. they've ran into these people, two against, I don't know, 20, 30 people there. Yeah. And of course, you know the aliens are gonna show up because, oh yeah, like why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And that is where we learn. First off, back to the dive thing that mm-hmm. comes into play. Yeah, because Killian's character like locks eyes with Millicent's character, and they make a plan while he is chained up, and they break free and dive into the water. Mm-hmm. At which point we find out, and this is misleading actually, but we find out that they can't swim, the monsters. And in the first one, you think, well, maybe they can because there's that creepy scene in the basement when it's filling up with water and it's like underwater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess we have to believe that they can stand in the shallow end, so to speak. Yeah. They just can't. Swim. You can't swim. Yeah. So that's a game changer. Because Mm -hmm. what we find out after that is there is a normal civilization on an island off the coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's like, it almost feels like that should be a a cult or something. I I was thinking the same thing. I was like, like um, what's that Ari Aster movie? A24 one. Midsummer? Yeah, it's kind of like Midsummer in a way because it's like, normal people just playing music and like this perfect little neighborhood. Do you guys not understand what's going on across the water? Yeah, like 10 miles this way, everyone's dying. (laughs) But it's like they made it. We're introduced to this group that got on these rescue boats and made it off the mainland and survived. Yeah. I When I saw that them playing music, and having a fun time, I was like, yo, you guys need to stop having fun. <laughs> and you need to realize 
that there's a whole continent that cannot do what you're doing right now. Yes. So, man, when I saw them, I, I was kind of freaked out. I was like, yo, do these people even realize what's going on? Is there, do they have any idea? Because it brought up the idea in my mind, what if you were on an island, like island co- countries, you know, mm-hmm. you would have no idea what's, you would have no idea there were alien invasions. Yeah, unless it happened to unfortunately land on your island. Yeah. But everything is torn apart when we find out that one of the boats just happened to make its lovely little way over to the island. Killian is the one that spots it when he's on the beach. And he takes off and sprints back to the place saying, get indoors, get indoors. Yeah. Well... Then it's a re replay of what happened at the beginning of the film with people running around, screaming, getting slashed left and right. <laughs> one thing that this film did, and I think the first one did the same thing, was it does not show the gore. Yeah, it's pretty minimal. And I like that. I like that because I'm very weak stomached and I don't like seeing that stuff. So I'm not a fan of gore at all. Yeah. I'm just not. I don't think uh, you have death, to. Death freaks me out a little too slash much. Slash someone so. in half to know that they got killed when they flew 20 feet across the oh, sky yeah. and hit a wall. Yeah. So I was happy to not have to sit through a lot of slashing and tearing and blood strewn everywhere and guts and all that sort of stuff. So I I, I enjoyed that this film yeah. kept it a little bit more PG. PG-13. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I was confused when I first saw that boat because I was like, how like they were on a rowboat when they came mm-hmm. across so I, yeah. I i had forgot that that was a separate boat that i guess the creatures had somehow gotten into and it just drifted yeah. overnight mm-hmm. but i was like wait a minute this is a huge plot hole like that is not how they got there and i was like uh, yeah. i'm just short memory loss type yeah. of thing going on <laughs> But no. yeah, last we get to the end, and a lot like how the first one ends, they utilize the earpiece to broadcast from mm-hmm. the radio station. That's kind of what they've deciphered they needed mm-hmm. to get to to put that out into the world, so mm-hmm. that the aliens are just hearing it. Slash, people know that you can survive on an island or somewhere that's not a mainland Mm -hmm. and yeah i i thought it pulled on the right kind of strings that like you see that relationship of millicent and killian's character really take another growth step and it's kind of like him being a father figure having lost his child and her not having her dad Mm-hmm. So I liked that element. Again, you know, John Krasinski talks about how family was the only reason he wanted to come back because he thought there was still some story to talk about and incorporate yeah. that. And I think mm-hmm. without that, you just have kind of a basic, potentially entertaining, but not a lot of meat to it type of story. And yeah, that would just be a shame. Yeah. 
I think it definitely the fi- the family dy- dynamic is what makes you feel for these characters, and yeah, it's a lot more layers added on top of it than just what the log line can truly tell you. Just from how much they care about one another and coming to care about one another, Killian at first being like, "No, I don't want you here. Get out of here. I want you gone by morning," and then coming to actually care and want to do right by his family mainly because Millicent's character convinced him you can do something to change life for the better yeah like you wanted for your child and your wife so the family dynamic definitely plays a lot my eyes may or may not have gotten more liquefied at that moment (laughs) yeah but you guys should know that by now (laughs) yeah and the end of this film I would say the climax was very well done really well done and you know i think the image the final images of this film are millicent and noah's characters standing tall and facing these aliens and taking them out and i think that speaks a lot for if this film were to have a third part which i think it will it's done really well. Yeah. It's a really good film. As long as it continues to do really well, uh, or they have good intentions rather than just um, money grabbing, which fairly certain John Krasinski, unless he uh, does a 180, uh, he's he's one of the coolest and nicest people in Hollywood, yeah. I would say. Don't know him personally, but he had like some... Uh, not podcast. Maybe it was a podcast. It was like some good thing or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, I think one, during the pandemic. Yeah, during the pandemic, he had at least some good uh, news or something. Some good news, and it was based on good stuff. So, considering that, I think he has good intentions for future films in this. But the the final images of Noah and Millicent, I think, point to a they're finally standing up for themselves. They've grown yeah. Millicent and Noah's characters. Yeah, it just leaves it on the type of moment that you would want to see a story centered more around them next Yeah, as like a brother-sister combo. Mm-hmm. And maybe it redeemed Noah Jupe's character. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to be determined. We'll see what happens little... in the third one, but... <laughs> If he doesn't step up in the third one, he's done. He's off he's my done list. He's your book. Yep. So, I think it's that time. Uh, What time? Rating time. Ratings? What? We do this on this podcast? Oh, you're right. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> and with your rating, any last hot takes? I've got some hot takes. But I don't think they take too much away from the film. This film was a really good watch, and I would recommend it to anybody. And were it to be on, this film would be one that I would watch. Yeah. I may actually go back to the theaters and watch it again. You know, Trey's talked me into the AMC stubs list, so I might use more of my stubs yeah. to get to see this again a-list status ask your theater attendants how you can become an a-list member yes yes and we're not Much sponsored likely. by them but if you're listening amc <laughs> we would love and be Please. honored to 
in any way come alongside you. Yes, in any way, shape, or form, we would love to work with you. <laughs> but I may go back to see the film again. And I think that speaks a lot for this film because there's not really too many films I would go back and watch yeah. a second time in the theater. So with that being said, other than some story line stuff that I just... It's personal. I, I mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it earlier. I, I said I exactly the police officer. What you're talking about with the later guy too? Police officer and the guy at the very end. I'm just like, come on. Do you not understand the whole tropes that we have in this industry in horror films? And you just pretty much gave us two prime examples of yeah that happening and you know i think me and trey are on the same wavelength and i'm not afraid to say it but you know it seems like the black people are always the first ones to go and they're usually the ones to get taken out and i noticed it because you know they were powerful characters you know the police officer you were like oh he's making his last stand to take out this alien for john Mm -hmm. and millicent you're you're you know he's doing this for them and it's a really nice stand, very powerful, but at the same time, he's out. Like, he's got a bit of screen time, he's gone. Yeah. And then... Same thing at the end. Mm-hmm. He is kind of the leader of this island colony. Mm-hmm. And just immediately when chaos breaks out, he's the sac- like chosen sacrifice, apparently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he does literally everything he can to make sure that Killian and Millicent make it to where they're going at mm-hmm. uh, his own demise. And yeah. I mean maybe it wasn't even a thought. Yeah. But you know, maybe rethink and see how your demographics of killings are shaping up. Yeah. Especially people that you would have us think are very important characters and very, you know, really really important characters that are powerful. Right. Um, just, you know, just because you insinuate that they're powerful doesn't mean you can just get rid of them like that. Yeah. And I don't know. That was just my personal thoughts on that scenario. And it kind of did hamper a little bit of the film for me. I would say the rest of the film kind of, and I'm, I, I'm taking 10 years to give my score. I apologize. <laughs> but it's the story in itself was very nicely written. And I don't think there was ever a time I was taken out of it. But I think there were just a few things that I would nitpick about. Um, And so with that being said, I would give this film an eight. Mm. We're back with the trusty eight. I give this film an eight. I would go watch this film in the theater again. But uh, there were just some things about this film that I just had some strikes against it. Yeah, fair enough. Oh yeah, Trey. Uh, what did um, what did you think about this film? What's your what's your score? <laughs> this film good, the end. This film good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I have to just continue harping on the fact that it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. And it isn't often that you see a film get a fresh rating in the upper nineties like the first one did. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, the sequel has a fresh low 90s score. Mm-hmm. If the third one is also in the 90s, because it's going to happen, guys. Like, I think we got a clean sweep at that point. That's rare. 
Like that doesn't yeah. happen. Usually it's like a 90 and then a 20. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, why did they destroy this movie? Yeah. But yeah, I think it stays true to itself. If they keep John in there and his wife, like I don't think they can go wrong unless we get in a fast saga situation. We don't need nine of these. Yeah. We don't. So mm-hmm. let's not go there with it. <laughs> but we might need a trilogy. That might be mm-hmm. nice. So in that regard and keeping it as brief as possible, I also give this one a trusty eight. TM. Mm. Nice. Top notch content. Yes. I guess it, yeah, instead of a TM, it needs to be TNC at the end of all the little <laughs> phrases right. we come yeah, up with. Yeah, you're right. We need to, we need to get that uh, mocked up right now. We need to now. trademark the trademark. <laughs> Inception. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's my reading. Wow. Well, you've heard it here, folks. This film. It could. <laughs> I'm just imagining Steve Carell's character from Anchorman saying that. Yep. <laughs> Brick. Well, thank you so much, folks. I'm. I we've been Ken and Trey in this film. It could. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, let us know what you think about this film. If you want to hit us up on Instagram, you can do such at the Cinevibes throw us a message yeah send us a message uh and we'll be posting when this film review comes closer to dropping and send us a message over at our gmail at cinevibescast at gmail.com tell us how much you love killian murphy's beard in this film (laughs) and how much you are wanting to figure out about the aliens and let us know what you're conspiracy theories and other such are so that we can understand a little bit more about this world even if it's just completely out there you know the aliens were uh from mars because i don't know elon uh sent a rover up there i don't know whatever your theories are send them over to us yeah hit us with the plot line for part three we're curious what do you guys think it'll be yeah definitely well trey Ken. I gotta tell you, man, this film, it was it was a wild ride in this review. It's fantastic. So I gotta I gotta ask you one question. Yes. It's not a question. <laughs> it good. <laughs> it is it statement. It it good. <laughs> but with that being said, we are out. Oh.